You are now entering the world of blissful living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. This is Rochelle Marie Lawson, known as the queen of feeling fabulous. And I'm so excited about this show because it is the third in the series that I'm going to be doing with my really good friend, Gustavo Pinero. And if you have tuned into show one and show two, well, we're going to bring it home real sweet for you with this final show. Uh, well, I don't want to say final, but this last show in this segment with Gustavo. So let me just, just in case um, you don't really know the routine. First of all, if you like the show, subscribe to the show, share the show with people you love and care about. Secondly, I want you to find a place to sit, take some time for yourself, get something to write with, get your favorite beverage, and really be focused and tuned in for the next few minutes and allow um, allow this time for yourself because you're going to capture some nuggets of gold. I guarantee that it's going to change your life. It is going to transform your life. And I experienced that with our last show, um, talking to my brother Gustavo. So um, definitely you wanna do that and tell your family to give you um, some time. And, and I'm not playing, I really experienced, it just, it changed my life last last time we talked. So um, so anyways, that's a disclaimer, get your stuff, be ready. I'm gonna take care of some business. Uh, first of all, I wanna thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter you.com. Check them out. They've got some great things as we transition into summertime to help you stay balanced, your mind, body, and spirit, and to help you to really flow into creating more wealth in your life, however you define that wealth to be. So check out Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter you.com. In addition, they have an event coming up called the Brave, Bold, Unstoppable Woman Summit. You definitely want to check that out, what's happening, where those summits are happening. If you're a woman and you're looking to build and expand your business empire and network and connect and collaborate with some other phenomenal women around the, around the United States, as well as support our women veterans as they transition from military to civilian life. So check out Blissful Living for You. Next sponsor is All Day Cable Incorporated at All Day Cable Inc. Com. They are a premier telecommunications installation company located in the heart of Silicon Valley, been in business since 1989, and they specialize in installing voice, data, fiber optic, cabling, routers, modems, wireless access points, basically setting up your whole telecommunications network distribution for you. They work with small, mid-sized, and large corporations, and their motto is they make the right connections so that when you connect with your customers and the people that you service, that you get that connection made correctly the first time. If you're looking for a great telecommunications installation company that's minority-owned, women-owned, and been in business for a long time, then you want to check out alldaycableinc.com. Okay, so take care of business. Hopefully, you guys got your... Um, pad and paper, your favorite beverage, and um, you've told the family to give you a little bit of time because we're going to get into it. Let me tell you about my, my brother, Gustavo. He was born and raised in South Bronx by a single mother. 
He learned how to overcome adversity at a young age, and he is a two-time cancer survivor and learned many lessons along the way, which can be summed up that you are greater than you know yourself to be, especially when you are faced with adversity. Woo. He graduated from the University of Miami where he earned a bachelor's degree in marine science and biology, so he's a smart guy, with a minor in chemistry and a master's degree in aquaculture and marine affairs. And so that's just doesn't begin to scratch the surface of how fabulous this man is. And I'm bringing him to the stage, my homeboy, brother from another mother i probably shouldn't say that probably people take it the wrong way but (laughs) (laughs) Um, my friend gustavo pinero well thank you thank you thank you thank you boogie down representing you know always represent for the blog (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so yeah we we we, you know we're talking backstage and like when you were saying last week it was crazy after we had that session after we finished we're like damn we should have the record button on because those nuggets Afterwards, yeah. like so amazing, so amazing. You, you know? don't even be. I you, I would have to take a I would have to take a whole nother hour of your time to tell you <laughs> the complete transformation that our conversation have for me. Um, I am really a completely different person. My mindset, or I, I had a shift, and you know, you saw it. I had a major shift. And um, it's opened up so many things about me, how I ebbed and flow, why I ebbed and flow the way I did, and and how I do not have to ebb and flow like that anymore. I have True. nothing to prove, and it's okay to be me, you know, the essence of both sides of me. And so, uh, man, whew, next time I see you, we, we're going for a cocktail or, you know, a water, but we're going to have some time together. But I want to jump in because you are amazing. And, um, you know, Gustavo specializes in wealthonomics. And if you caught the first show, he talked about the richest. And so I wanted to, I wanted him to, I want to dive deeper into that um, and start with, can you just give the listeners and viewers a quick lowdown of what the riches is, and then we'll get into them deeper. Sure, sure. So the riches is an acronym, right? So when we start thinking about wealth, right, a lot of people have been trained or have been indoctrinated in one form or another to look at wealth just as of income. So how many zeros do you have in your bank account? While it's pertinent, it's only one spoke on the wheel. You know, when we talk about wealth, you know, having financial wealth, does it make it easier? Absolutely. But is it the end all be all? No. And I'll tell you this, for those of you that may be out there that are trying to say, well, it's easy for you to say, I come from very, very humble beginnings. And I'm speaking from experience that, you know, not being able to like, you know, pay for gas or going to work, I mean, to go to work or to pay for food. I mean, so it was very, very, there was tough times on me as well. And so I'm going to tell you from this perspective is that wealth of income while important, it's not the only one. We have wealth of relationships, right? Wealth of income. So we're going to spell out the acronym richest. Wealth of relationships, wealth of income, wealth of community, wealth of health, wealth of education, wealth of spirit, and wealth of time. So that's the, the acronym of the richest. And a lot of times we sacrifice all the other things for wealth of income. 
will sacrifice our time, even our health. I'm not going to church on Sunday, our spirituality, right? We'll sacrifice our education, you know, oh, I need to learn more because we're trying. I don't have enough time to go to school because I'm just trying to get money, you know? And we'll sacrifice our own relationships. And that could be relationships. And I make a distinction between relationships and community. Like when I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking about those intimate relationships with partners and your children. We'll sacrifice our time with our children to put a roof over their head and justify that they don't need that time or that they should understand that can't they understand that I'm working for us right. to provide money home and they don't, and, and like your, your, your kid, I'm telling you from experience, your kid doesn't care if you have $10 or a million dollars in the bank account. They cared like, were you at my soccer game? Right. Did you see me kick the ball in? Can you hold the bike? Can you hold the seat of the bike while I learn how to balance? Mm-hmm. You know, when I fell, were you there to like help clean my wound and tell me it was going to be okay? Right. You know, that, that's what they care about. And it brings back to our true essence of who we are. And, you know, the, 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 you know, um, the thing is this, is that when we're going through this process, right, there has to be this, this paradigm shift. And we spoke about that before, about like this whole mindset shift, right? And so we, we used the analogy before. And, you know, when we're talking about like, you know, the, the caterpillar going to the butterfly, basically there's a death to the old way of thinking. There's a literal death. And why I bring it up, and, and it's not a play on words. It's an actually extremely, it's, you have to let it go. And guess what? You have to also mourn it. You know, and, you know, sometimes tragedy and adversity, um, and I know you explained something to me before the, the, the show. And if you, if you want to share that, that's okay. But sometimes tragedy and adversity, right, faces us and we get challenged by it. Now, when we have the old way of thinking, we may get, we may suffer, we may have depression, we may have anxiety because that's an old way of thinking. But if we were to allow ourselves to say there's a new paradigm shift of who I am and how I can achieve these results regarding all aspects of wealth, so the whole gamut, the whole thing of the richest, right? Then there's going to be a part of me that has to die. You know, you know, I I just, Gustavo, that I think is amazing. And if you guys have been listening and watching, you understand that he just dropped some nuggets of gold. It's food for thought. It's going to, it's going to trigger things in you to think about how you now think about wealth, how you think about riches. And I shared, I I shared a tragedy that happened in my family. And I kind of, I think I'm going to not going to, I am going to dedicate this, this podcast, um, and this show to my nephew, Roland Elijah Brown, who um, succumbed tra- tragic into his life um, last Saturday. Uh, he was hit by a car and one of those motorized scooters that people are now riding all over downtown and uh, sustained head trauma ended up passing away. So I want to dedicate this show to Elijah, which is what we call them, because for one, um, he was my nephew. And when he was little, I was really close to him. But, you know, family dynamics with babies, mama, drama kind of stuff. If you know, if y'all know what I mean, keeping it real. I hadn't seen that kid since he was six years old. At the, and I saw him last time at the death and funeral of my father. And so he died at the age of 23. But even though I had not seen him, 
I still had this very deep connection to him because he was very special to me in the time that I spent with him. And so that is part of the relationship, I think, under wealth with riches is what, um, you know, part of what we're talking about. And the dying of the old self is something that I experienced the last time I was talking to my brother, Gustavo. And I'm apologizing, y'all, my crown keeps slipping. Um, and the queen's crown should never slip. But um, I, I, you know, experienced um, a transformation or a metamorphosis. And we'll talk a little bit more about that and had to realize that I need to I needed to let some things that were within me die so that I could transform or metamorphosize into a beautiful, more beautiful essence of what my soul truly desires and what my spirit has been trying to share with me and get me to do for a long, long time. So deep, this is going to be a deep show. And I just want to make sure that you guys know where we're coming from as we move forward. So I want to say, Gustavo, um, I liked how you explained about the relationships and that being the first part or the first letter of the word riches, because I think that is very important. And I loved how you shared about what children, you know, as parents, we get so wrapped up because we want to provide the best for our kids better than what we had. And, um, and what you said in reality is they just want our time. They just want to spend time with us. They want to connect with us. They don't care, you know, about us working 60, 70 hours, 80 hours a week to live in the big house, drive a nice car. They don't care about that. They care about us being at their soccer game. Did you see me hit that home run? Did you see me make that three-point shot at the buzzer? Did you, you know, um, did you see me mom hit that dance move and we won the competition? Whatever it was, that's what they care about us with regards to our relationships. So let's continue with this beautiful conversation and um, do you, you know, we were talking about something before the show started and this beautiful man who's transitioned on. Um, and uh, I want you to share what you were sharing with me about that and, and share that with people watching us in the, in the listeners. Okay, perfect. So, you know, if, if you've seen the last show, you, you know that I wore my Love Heal shirt, right? So this one, I'm, I'm going to stand up so you can see what I'm wearing today. You guys probably know who this guy is, right? Yes. This Muhammad is Muhammad, Ali. Muhammad Ali, right? One of the greatest, if not the greatest uh, champions of all time. And he had he had a slick mouth. He would he would talk real smooth, you know. Maybe he was one of the initiators of rap before it actually happened. <laughs> but one of the things, and you know, it was you know he was probably most famous of like you know I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. But there was other things that he said. And here's the interesting thing. So when I was battling cancer, one of the things that and I, and I alluded to this before was that I learned that my body cancer hates. Uh, Cancer hates oxygen. So what I did is I did a lot of aerobics, meaning particularly jogging. Sometimes I'll jog in a treadmill with the oxygen mask, right? And do six miles or sometimes I'll just ride in the streets. I mean, drive or walk in, uh, run in the streets. And so when I would do that, I would put this music on and it was all motivational information, you know, from like the greats like Tony Robbins, you know, even Sylvester Stallone and Muhammad Ali. And the one with Muhammad Ali stuck with me because he would say, and I don't know where it came from. I guess it was an interview uh, at one point, but he, he was like, I'm going to show you how great I am. And if you heard me talk, you probably heard me say that before. Like, I'm going to show you how great I am. But it's not to show the world 
and point to the world how great you are. It's radical to yourself when you're playing small, when you're playing, when, when, when you're afraid to let that older self die. And when you get accustomed to life looking a certain way, and I put it akin to like, you know, sometimes like, and I, I grew up in the Northeast. So in the Northeast, right, and during the heavy winters, right, you would travel along the path, you know, when the, when the streets was full with snow, that eventually it created a trail. Yeah. You knew all the cars. Tra- so a lot of times when you try to veer off the trail, you run the risk of getting into an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Or getting hurt because the trail is not carved out. So I'm here to tell you that when you say, I'm going to show you how great I am, there's an opportunity for you to go off the trail and create a new path and let that old path, that old self, that old paradigm way of thinking die. And so just like when you're traveling through the snow, you run a risk of actually veering off the path, but also crashing. And that fear of crashing stops most of us. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, yeah, so, so when I used to say to myself, I'm going to show you how great I am. And people heard me screaming at the top of my lungs while I was driving, I mean, running with the headset on my ears. And I was screaming and I was like, I was like pointing. Right. People must have thought that I was crazy. Right. (laughs) I wasn't pointing to the world. I wasn't pointing to everybody around me. The pointing was to my spirit. Mm. And I was talking through using the divine to speak through me, to talk to me, to say, I'm going to show you how great I am when you are weak. When you, when you don't feel, when you feel anxiety, when you feel depressed, when you feel like you can't do any more. I'm going to show you how great I am. And that's when I discovered, and you you did it at the top of the hour when you introduced me, was like one of the main things I discovered is like you're greater than you know yourself to be. That came out of that because I kept telling myself, I'm going to show you how great I am. And out of that, I learned that I'm greater than I know myself to be. So that's the connection to the two. And that's why Muhammad Ali always holds a space in my heart for that. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. And again, so many nuggets of gold within that story. Gustavo and I were talking about this before we came on air. And he said, how many times do you look in the mirror and tell yourself how great you are or anything positive? You you know, you're a boss chick or, you know, you, you kill it or you rocking it or whatever. You're smart. You're, you're courageous, whatever it is. How many times do we actually look in a mirror and tell ourselves that? And I can honestly say and share with you all that I never do that. You know, we were somewhere, oh, just the other day, you mentioned how we were we were with the, you know, our family, so to speak. And you were mentioning how, um, you know, we ne- you never really stopped and took a look at the small successes, particularly because your son just graduated and they, yeah. him and your daughter did something amazing stuff. And, you know, we never look at that small success, you know, and it's, and it's like you have to recognize the small things in order to really receive the bigger things. Right. So when you say how many times do you look at yourself in the mirror? And I'm thinking I never do that. I never, ever do that. And how many times we standing in front of the mirror brushing our teeth? That's a time we could be saying you rocking it, girl. You killing it. You're smart. You're courageous. You're brave. You intelligent. 
you're the greatest I, or you know i'm going to show you telling that person in the mirror i'm going to show you how great you are i'm going to show you how you know brilliant or whatever i think that right there is a game changer in something that anybody watching us or anybody listening to us should think about and start doing because um I think it really does have the power to heal us as we let the old ways of our thinking and our mindset and all of that die so we can cocoon and metamorphosize into a beautiful transformation that we are now meant to be on. Um, okay, I wanna talk about the next letter in riches, which is income. Okay. So tell us about that. So wealth of income, it's this is this is one that that hits home, obviously, because I came home, I uh, came from humble beginnings, you know. This, you know, there's there's no hiding. I grew up in the projects of the South Bronx, you know. Mom was on welfare, and I didn't know for the probably the first nine or so, ten years of my life, I didn't know that money. So now I'm dating myself, right? Because we used to get the food stamps, right? I didn't know money was green. I thought it was blue. I thought it was brown. They had, <laughs> had some some slight like green, but it wasn't the real green that we're talking about, right? And it came in all different colors because, like you know, the colors were associated with the denominations. Yep. Sure. And so, like, I didn't know that. So it's like, oh, it was like monopoly money. And then there was one, you know, the innocence of a child. And then I realized, coming, you know, fast forward into my life now, I think about like how much my mom struggled as a single mom. And she put herself through school. She took the wealth of time, which she had none of it, right? Because she was raising, she was raising five kids at the time by herself. Wow. And then she took the wealth of income, which she had none of that either, right? right? And leveraged her ability to get the wealth of education. And she educated herself, right? Thank God for my sister who took care of us, my older sister, right? And she, she, first first generation here, right? Came from Puerto Rico, didn't even speak the language, Ooh. and busted out a four average. Wow. With English as her second language, it took her eight years to graduate. And so, I remember it was just distinct. It was like one year the the money just was not colorful anymore. I didn't know what happened, right? My mom got, the, it was still, oh, my mom was always working. Right. right? So she was never at home. She was always just making it happen. She always had a little side hustle going on. So <laughs> she, had, she had an entrepreneur. But my point being is this, right? That is just so you could get the background of wealth of income because that is what I had to look through. That was the lens that was passed on to me to look through. So a lot of those conversations that was passed on to me. And even in my father's absence and his money, his conversations of his money, that was the other lens. So now you got to remember, I'm putting them two together. Right. And I'm looking through these lenses. These are my glasses that look at money. And I was stingy. I was apprehensive. I was scared. Right. But there was something that, you know, that had me go through the trials and tribulations because I wanted more. And to be honest with you, it the revelation, like I, I knew I struggled and I went through these things, but I didn't know why or what gave me the the, the kind of like the oomph, the, 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 you know, why did I go get educated? Why did I do all these things, right? 
And I realized later when my my um, my oldest son, he's 18 now, so he was probably like 10 or 11. So it wasn't that long ago, maybe even older than that. I realized that I was scared, you know, sugar, honey, ice, iced tea. I don't know if I could curse on this, but, I, but you know, I was scared. I'm going to say how I was, I was scared shitless. Yes. To have my kids grow up in that environment riddled with drugs and violence. And I did everything to separate myself and put myself in between them and that experience. So they don't know the struggle. They just know, hey, this, that, the other thing. But I, but they're, thank God they're very humble, you know, but they don't know that, that type of pressure. They don't right. know what it's like. And so that was my motivating factor. So for some of you, when we start talking about like wealth of income, you may be at different spaces in that, right? And you have to look at, like I did, was look at where that conversation came from. And we spoke about that before, which was, we called it FOOP, F-O-O-P, Family of Origin Pain. So where did that conversation around money come from? Right. And what is it? Is it a disempowering conversation? If it is, you got to get this. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong. To you. Say that again. That conversation does not belong to you. I look at this as akin to running a relay race. When I was a kid, there was, you know, you know, sports was, you know, growing up in the hood, sports was a lot of the only ways that that, that we could get out. Unfortunately to me, I sucked at basketball. I sucked. I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. So I didn't use my mind, right? So I couldn't depend on sports, right? But I remember that at that time they had the Colgate games, right? Like the I remember those. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the kids that were in, in the neighborhood, they would practice the relay race. We, yeah. had a big, we had a big, we call it the grass. I don't know how big it was. It always seemed bigger when you were little, but they would practice doing relay races around it. And they would get timed. And for hours, they would just run, 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 right? But one thing that sticks in my mind is when we're talking about this conversation that gets handed down to us, it's like a relay race. Our parents handed the baton to us so we could run. Now, for some of us, our parents actually put it in our hands. For some of us, they were like, okay, you go get it. And they throw it in front of you. Right thinking that they're going to help you out, and but they actually disempower you because now you got to run, try to catch it, and then run. That's when we kind of coddle our kids, right? Yeah. And for some of us, like me, my dad said, oh, you want this? And he actually threw it in the opposite direction. So I had to go run, get the, the, the baton, and then run the other direction. But midway trying to get the baton, or maybe while I was running, I realized I got this baton in my hand, and this is not even my conversation. Ooh. This is not even my conversation, especially around money. This right. is not mine. Why am I even running this relay race? I need to run my own race at my own pace. I run my race at my pace. And I actually dropped the baton and let it go and gave it back to my parents. I gave that conversation back to them. I said, that's your race. You run at your pace. Here you go. 
not in an annihilating way, not in a way that actually disempowers them. I honor them, but I moved on. And I think that when I became aware of that, that is when things started changing for me. And it changed so fast. That was like, it was like someone had like, imagine being thirsty and you're walking for blocks at a time. And, you know, I'm one of those kids. I'm old school. We used to drink for the pump. We'd turn on the fire hydrant in the summertime. They always, and we'd just drink for the pump. We didn't even have the water hose, girl. We just drank for the pump. Somebody turned it on and you just lap it up like, yeah. (laughs) We drank for the pump. And the, you know, so it's like, imagine being thirsty and then someone turns on the fire hydrant at full force. And that's how, that's how like my life was when things started to change so fast for me. It was like, wow, was it really this easy? Why was there so much scarcity before? And it was just like, and this is in the midst. That, so we could get a time frame here. This is in 2007, 2008, when everybody was losing everything. In the real estate crash. In the real estate crash. So we, so we know specifically, especially here in Florida, and I was in that business. And it's like, when I saw everybody losing everything, all of a sudden when that clicked, it was like, things just started to click and everything just started happening. I was literally laughing to the bank and people were like, how are you doing it? I'm like, it's just so simple. But I, one thing that I didn't say, cause they kept on looking what I was doing. So here's the thing, especially when you're creating everything in life on, on this whole list of riches, but more importantly, it shows up mostly in income is not what you're doing. It's how you're being. Another nugget of gold. It's how you're being. Because we have it in life that we, you know, you do something, right? So you can have a result and then you can be a certain way. Do have be, right? So you do something, right? Call working real hard. So I can have a little bit of extra money, right? So I can finally relax. So maybe I could t- finally take a vacation so then I could be happy. Right. And meanwhile, I'm miserable all the way wrong, all the way through. What we need to do is be, and this is the, the like one of the laws of creating, it's just so powerful. Be assertive in the sense that like it's an expectation. I believe, especially, I'm focusing more on money. I apologize for taking so much time on this. No, because- no. This will take make such a difference. Remember, I said this is just one spoke on the rim, but it's the one that most people focus in on, and they're willing to sacrifice all the other aspects of wealth just to achieve this one spoke. So that's why I'm spending a lot more time on this. When you're creating, you gotta you gotta have the burning desire, just like those those kids that were running around. That, you know, for the Koga games, they had that burning desire that they were going to win. Then they had the belief. So burning desire, belief, and then you can have an expectation that's going to happen. So that burning desire for me was, I need to get out the hood. I don't want my kids to see this. Yes. So I turned that fear into motivation. I had a belief no matter what. No matter what. Ooh, man. Holy Spirit speaking through me as being a mirror of me just to remind me of this. And I hope that you guys get this as well. I had a belief that no matter what, no matter what it looked like, what my environment looked like, 
that I was going to get it. Therefore, I had the right to expect it to show up. I love, love that. And I love that you emphasize, you know, belief and uh, affirming it and and knowing that it's going to happen. I equate that to people when we go to sleep at night. We have no doubt that we're going to wake up in the morning. Absolutely. I, I know I don't. Every time I go to sleep at night, I know absolutely I'm going to wake up in the morning, right? Every, I mean, if you're sitting here, if you're being honest with yourself, everybody knows they're going to wake up in the morning, okay? If we put that type of belief into achieving our desires and knowing that no matter what, we will accomplish what we desire because we believe it just like we believe we're going to wake up in the morning when we go to bed at night. Magic happens in our life. And I've experienced that. And I experienced it even when I didn't even know what I was doing. But now that I know it happens so often that it's it's actually mind boggling. The other thing I like what you said was um, the dialogue about money, income, wealth, however your family ebbed and flowed, you know, um, the dialogue that your parents put upon you, that's not your conversation. That's not your dialogue. You have the ability to create your own dialogue based on what you desire. And it is possible. And I think what I'm, I think what everybody needs to know is with regards to the spokes of riches, they all work together in harmony. You can't, you can't have one or two spokes missing because your ride ain't going to be smooth. <laughs> you know, if you ever, Ooh. like I'm in the hood, you know, you can, we took bike parts and, you know, this bike broken, you, you know, you mangled it even probably stole somebody's bike to get bike parts. You know what I'm saying? But you always knew that if your spokes weren't right, if something was off, your ride was gonna be, wasn't going to be right. Even in a car, if you got three good tires and a bad tire, you're not riding right. And I don't care what kind of luxury car or bucket car you're driving. It's going to ride. They all going to ride terrible. So I love that. Leave that conversation and that dialogue that your parents had, because it's not yours. See the world with your own goggles, your own vision when it comes to income. I want to jump into community real quick. Tell us about the aspects of community, because I think we really need to be enlightened about this will of the spoke. Yeah. So when we talk about community, we got to make, make sure that in, in all these conversations, it's an ebb and flow, like you said before, right? So it's we always look at, well, how can I contribute to the community? Yes. But then sometimes when God wants to bless us through our community, we, we push it away. So it's an ebb and flow. So I'm bringing this up because this is one part that I've struggled with. We're like, yes, I want to make a difference over there. But there's so many people that I'm robbing because they want to make a difference over here. And I rob them of that experience of making a difference. Mm. And so a lot of times when we talk about community, it's much more than just like, you know, and that's why I make the distinctions between relationships and community, because community, as a community, we can raise a child. As a community, we can make a difference to our neighborhood. As a community, and it depends on how far you and how big you want this community to be. If we're global citizens, which I believe we all are, as a community, 
it's like, um, and I forgot who said this quote, and I don't want to misquote it, uh, the person, but it's like, it should be, it's an atrocity until the people that are not affected are just as concerned as the people that are affected. Yes. There will never be change. I, I, I probably botched the quote all up, but it's basically what I'm trying to say is as a community, when we want to make a difference, we have to be just as concerned. And if we're looking at like, you know, the civil rights mu movement, right? There were people that were not black that were just hand in hand authentically, not because under the guise of getting some sort of upper hand or something, you know, on that level, you know, but I'm right. talking about like under the, not, not under the, under nothing other than this is not right. Right. And I'm standing side, my brethren, irrespective of the color, irrespective of the the social economic background, irrespective of that. And that's when you get the true essence of community, making that difference. A lot of times I make a difference in the community because I'm not looking for accolades. We don't, you know, we don't say what we do. I, I, I agree with you. I'm like that, too. I just do it. I, I just do it. I just I don't do talk it. about it. I just be about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and when we're talking about community, that's really where it comes. It's like, all right, you want to make a difference? So I've seen it go. We've gone down in many different aspects and we could pick different subjects. But just 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 let's make a generalization is that as a community, we can sit there, whimper and cry and complain. Or we can make a difference. And this is where the power of community comes together and say, OK, What's the problem? We could put it X, Y, Z, whatever that problem is, right? Mm -hmm. Are you, Rochelle, are you more adept than I am? Okay, so can you take on this part, right? Or can you take on this part? I know my role in community that as an executioner. So this, we're going into two different roles here. So let me explain before I go into it. You already know where I'm going with this. So <laughs> I, I, there's different types of people. And, you know, there's, there's, I think it's four or five different types, but I'm just going to focus on these two types for now. There's the executioner. That's the person that you tell them to do X, Y, Z, and they'll get it done and they'll get it done faster than you can even, before you even get the words out of your mouth, they already have it done. Yeah. And, and then some. Yep. And those executioners have a hard time understanding why other people can't get it done as fast as they can. Yep. That's one type of personality. I don't know. Somebody in this room is that personality, but I'm not going to say who they are. <laughs> I see. Okay. And then there's me, which I'm the visionary. I can see like how things play out. Right. And I'm very good at that. And I'm good at the planning part in, in the sense of I have the vision to see and, and get it from a, in ABC all the way through Z. Right. Right. One, two, three to that too. And I can see it. I look at the different angles. Now, when these two are coupled and they form like Voltron, right? Then you get to see exorbitant amount of difference that gets to happen at a huge speed, at a rapid rate, because you got the right people in the right seat on the bus. So when we're talking about community making a difference, it's not about how loud you scream but rather, like, who is the visionary? Who's the executioner? Are they sitting in the right seat? And then you put your ego to the side for the betterment of the community. 
Love it. Let's stop love, there. Yeah. Let's stop there. Because I, I want to get into help. But that that was that was amazing because the last the very last statement is powerful. You put your egos aside and you jump into the project for the betterment of the community. And if more of us could actually do that, our communities mm -hmm. would be so much better. But yep. you know, we we that's probably a whole nother show, but you know that doesn't always happen as I know and you know, and things get twisted. So let's jump into health. Tell us about the health component. You know, I'll tell you this much in in the in the pursuits of wealth, I there's a saying that you 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 sacrifice your health to get your financial wealth. And then later on in life, you sacrifice your financial wealth to get back your health. Yes. And, you know, 2011, I guys, I told you my story, guys. You know, I was, I was on top of the world. My business was booming. Money was rocking. I was starting to travel. I was starting to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And then, boom, I got hit. From experience, I would have given everything. I'd rather be poor and healthy. And I wasn't like, I was still functional. So there's variance. So let me, let me, let me, let me, let me backtrack for a second. Because when we're talking about health, there's such a wide range of what that can be. It could be like, okay, I, I, I'm just constantly sick all the time, you know, or I'm getting side effects from the medication I'm taking. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't breathe when I go up a flight of stairs Yep. to my feet hurt. And I would love to join you, but I got these neuropathies or I got these things happening that I can't even balance to my sugar spiked. And I'm almost passing out while I'm dri driving. Yeah. To what I faced was death. Like if I didn't take care of it, I was going to die. Now we're all going to die. It's just like somebody just turned that hourglass and shook it a little bit more so more sand could come out. That was what was happening for me. Mm. And so health, wealth of health has so much to do with mindset, more than we believe, but also that it is our fiduciary duty. And I'm going to put this like on the exclamation point, underline, bold, highlight with neon signs, like imagine like uh, 42nd Street telling you what to do. It is our fiduciary duty as individuals, and this is going to lead into the next wealth of education in one second, but it's our fiduciary responsibility to take on our own health with nobody else's responsibility. And what I mean by that, I also mean it's not even your doctor's responsibility. Thank you. It's not even your doctor's responsibility. So many times we give our power over to somebody just because they have a medical degree and, and 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 don't get me wrong it's not don't take their advice and their ontological experiential things that they've because they practice for so many years but they also too have an opinion right and they're also human beings and speaking because i worked in that industry from behind the scenes there's someone that's always whispering in those doctors' ears. I'll leave it at that. Yes. But there's someone's always whispering in those doctors' ears. And depending whose whisper is the loudest, whose whisper is the most convincing, will determine how they treat you. 
yes. the, the, the form of treatment. So that's why with, with the information age, there's so much out there that is your fiduciary responsibility to understand your health dilemma inside and out. What are the, 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 um, the types of medications, if that's the route you want to choose? What are the, the, the um, side effects of those medications? And if that's if what you're willing to sacrifice your quality of living as a result of going that route. So when I had cancer, quality of living was very important for me, even if I meant for me to die. Let me say that again. Quality of living was important for me. Mm. Even for me to die, because what's the point if I'm alive, but I I'm, I'm a burden to my family because I'm so frail I can't even walk down a flight of stairs. Right. You know, and then I become a burden to them, and then they just end up putting me in a in a home or something to that effect, or or some sort of. So that's why quality of living, because I didn't want to be a burden to anybody, but also that was the thing that made me start doing my research. And so when it came down to me dealing with my cancer, I was giving my doctor, who's a neurologist, who I mean, excuse me, a, a, an oncologist, and this is the 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 um, the the. Uh, um, his specialty, I was telling him what he needed to do and this research that was at his. So I went to the University of Miami Sylvester Center, right? And so I was handing him research that happened at the University of Miami that he didn't even read that showed that wow. there were certain medications. Uh, actually, it wasn't medications. It was actually natural herbs that can eradicate cancer. I was like, did you read this? Did you read this? It's he, he like, who the hell is this guy that's showing up? Because I was an advocate for my health. I love that. Before, before we go on, I want to make sure we good on time because I know that I, I know that we're good. We got um, we got about seven more minutes, so I want to get into education and definitely spirituality. And we did talk a little bit about time already. <coughs> so, but I definitely want to get into education and spirituality, which what you just said. Being an advocate is so important. Do not put your health in the hands of someone else. Take claim responsibility to be the commander of your health ship. As a nurse that I still licensed um, for 34 years, please, 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 please be the queen or king of your empire when it comes to your health and well-being. Do not rely. If you have questions, if you're not sure, if you confuse, whatever it is, do not leave your medical professional, your medical provider without having a clear understanding and do your research. Be your best advocate because no one can take care of you like you. Stop giving power away like that. So this is where we start to learn how everything intertwines, right? So it's not yeah. just wealth. So this is where you get to learn to leverage your community. If you're exactly. not, if you're not the one, oh, I don't know how to even read this. I don't need. So you learn to get within your community. Who's a doctor? Who's a nurse? Who could put this in simple terms yep. for a kindergartner to read? That's who I need to go to, and I need to look into my community. So all these things are starting to intertwine. When we start talking about um, health, I said that you know, kind of foreshadow education because right. you have to educate yourself. Yep. You really have to be your own advocate for your education. I think that, you know, we're meant to continually grow and really understanding whether that be reading, whatever your, your medium is, audio books, regular books, 
whatever that area of expertise that you want to have meditation, that's part of your education. Right. And yeah. so some of these, I had to make distinctions within these, these, um, this wealth wheel, but as you start to see, as you start to see it kind of all intertwines with one another and, yeah. you know, it's not just scholarly education. Who cares if you have that bachelor's, that master's, that doctorate's, MD, JD, whatever, all the initials, A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. Who cares <laughs> about the initials, right? The right. truth of matter is this is like, how can I, how can those degrees or those accolades make a difference not only in my life, but in other people's lives? Right. So the education, even like when we're talking about wealth or relationships, how can I educate myself and throw that baton back to my family and learn how to, how to be in a different type of relationship than I was taught? Right. You know, throw, throw, that, throw that baton back to my dad, right, when it came down to income. Throw that, throw that you know, baton back when it came time to like me being vulnerable and educate myself that it's okay to be vulnerable. And I could, I could, I could, I could lean on my community because I don't know. So this is when we start talking about education about, it starts giving us a more rounded sense. And really one of the things that we, that, that we, sh I don't say should, but it's really just going back to who we were before we were, in this adulting life, right? It's yeah. really connecting back to our spirituality. Yeah. And also spirituality. And I want to make a distinction here because I'm not advocating on, or, or I am advocating. I'm not on, I'm on, I'm not on one side or the other when it comes down to religion. So I want to make a distinction here. Yeah. When I'm talking about spirituality, if you pray to Allah, God, Buddha, Taoism, you know, Muhammad, that's okay. That's your route. That's perfect. Who am I to say that? But what connects your spirit to the divine, because they're all divine. What if they were all the same, I don't know, being, entity, whatever, and right. we just had a different name for it, right? Right. But I don't, that, that's more of a, a, a intellectual conversation. I want to get out of this neighborhood here which is the intellectualization of our spirit, which is right here, right here. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, when we talk about wealth of spirit, we connect and identify who we are as beings and how can we connect and identify to other beings the same way in the space of love, mm. in the space of love. And throughout all this, this connects us with the divine, but this is like the cement that'll get us through all this. Because as more and more as I say that it's like a wealth wheel, just for people to understand, it's more like a braid, like, like a steel cable that's braided to hold the bridge together. It's yeah. all intertwined. They all need to touch each other. Yes. They all need to touch each other to make the biggest impact. And then obviously when we, they touch each other, when they touch each other, what we get is time. Hmm. When they touch each other and you know they have the strength and they're being fulfilled, no matter how crazy and how hectic it is, we get time back. We get the time to say, listen, you know what? Because my wealth and my relationship with my children is important. Guess what? 
I'm not giving you any more time. I get to create boundaries with my wealth of time. Oh, you know what? Because of the time, I'm only willing to put a certain amount of time to make my income. So I better make sure I'm laser focused because I'm not putting any more time. Because I got other things. I got other pieces in my wealth wheel that I need to, to address. Right. And so I need to make this time. What was that? That four hour work week? That was a book? Yes. 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 So that's really saying wealth of income coupled with wealth of time. How does that work? So instead, we should start learning to like ask the questions, you know, how does that work with, okay, I only have a certain amount of time to make a difference in my community. What's the best use of my time? Am I the visionary or am I the executioner? Right. If, I'm, if I'm the visionary, then I need to get an executioner because my time is important, right? If I'm looking at my health, that hourglass of my health is running out. How much time am I going to do? Whether it be cooking food? whether it be exercising, whether it be reading up and researching, how much time am I going to dedicate? So I have the fortitude, the vitality to go after things I'm, um, um, uh, and get the perseverance after things I'm going after, right? And then so when we start looking at education, like we need to have the time to, to educate ourselves. Yes. And definitely spirituality because, you know, no day should start out without us, you know, connecting to the divine. So carving out that time, time is also kind of like, now I'm speaking it out loud. It's like almost your boundary. It's like, okay, I'm going to dedicate this amount of time, not being rude to you, but I got other things that I'm obligated to. And it's right. an, and then what ends up happening is if you give your time so freely, it becomes an integrity issue. Because a lot of times here, I want, I want oh, oh, you guys got to hear this. You, sometimes what we do is that we give our time freely in the areas that make us feel most comfortable because we don't want to address and give the time to things that don't make us feel comfortable oh. in that wealth wheel. Wow. That right there. That. That right there. Um, and we have to end the show. <laughs> That's perfect. That's, that's, perfect. Right that sums it up phenomenally. I mean, so many nuggets of gold. If you guys have been listening, watching, writing, recording, whatever, you should have pages full of information, nuggets of gold that Gustavo shared when it comes to, you know, the riches of wealthonomics because very important, um, very transforming. And, and it tied everything, why everything, like you said, it shouldn't be a, 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 like a wheel with spokes. It's actually an intertwined braid because, you know, wealth of relationships, income, community, health, education, spirituality, and time all touch on each, upon each other. And we deal with that each and every day. So why not make the best that we can do with regards to our riches so that we actually actually have that loving passionate metamorphosized transformative energy for ourselves as we shed or die out the old and allow the cocoon to birth us into a new a new essence and a new being so thank you so much for being here with us oh my gosh it's been a three amazing sessions. You know, we said um, we started out with the appetizer or the foreplay. 
then we got down to the business last time and it was woo juicy and now we're bringing it home to the loving cuddling snuggling part or the dessert so appetizer main meal dessert or foreplay main dish snuggle time however you want to view it we did it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. It was beautiful. So thank you so much, Gustavo. Now, before I close out the show, tell people how they can get more of you. The easiest way to get in touch with me is through Instagram right now. Um, IG Through IG is Wealthonomic Society. Wealthonomic Society. You can DM me straight from there. Um, look me up on Instagram, Wealthonomic Society. And uh, that's that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. I have a bunch of other pages, but that's the fastest way. Okay, we'll make sure we have that in the in the show notes. So Wealthnomic Society Society on ID or AKA Instagram. All right. So I want to thank all of you for watching, listening. Um, please again share the show with those you love and care about. Subscribe so you get advanced notification of the phenomenal guests that I bring, like Gustavo. I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com, as well as All Day Cable Incorporated at All Day Cable INC.com. And I want to thank all of you for your time, spending time with us, and allowing my friend Gustavo to pour into all of us. It's just been an amazing three sessions. So please reach out to him, connect with him on IG, Instagram, um, because uh, you definitely want to keep somebody like this in your life. And I feel so, so blessed to have him in my life. And I guess um, I'm going to close it out. This is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And as always, I'm wishing you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit, or I'm wishing you wellness, wisdom, and wealth. Go forth and have a beautiful, beautiful day. And remember, you are the greatest creation. And tell yourself that when you look in the mirror, that you are the greatest and you're going to prove it to yourself. Okay, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.